guys. All right, all right, everybody. We are in the Detroit is Different podcast studios. This is Kari Frazier, and I'm here with lifetime, lifelong friend in full effect doing something for the Detroit community, and this is certainly related to Detroit is Different. I have Low in here. Low Braxton, how you feeling, sir? Feeling good, feeling good. How about yourself? Man, everything is everything, man. You cannot call it, and you have a team of people doing something very special. You all have been building this for a while. Correct. It's bowling for turkeys, but you also have an interesting name in Let's Go Detroit. Let's Go Detroit. How did the idea come together? What is it about? Who's a part of this? And how is it all a piece of the action that's building to giving back throughout the Detroit community? But before we get into all of that, okay, let's introduce everybody. Chris. Hey, what's going doing, on? Sir? Pretty good in yourself. All right. Do you got any handle? Do you got any street alias or um, <laughs> anything else you want to give? Like I'm so used to rappers, it's like AKA, BKA. What 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 do people know you by? Uh, Papa Smurf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. He's, he's right. not joking. Okay, Papa Smurf is in full effect. Danielle, yes, how sir. are you doing? I'm well. How are you? All right. Any street handle for you? I <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> and VJ as well. VJ's in the center spot. Any street handle for you? No. All right. So that's good to all know. Low. So, so yeah, that's my street handle, Low. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But government, Lauren. All right. Mr. Braxton. Mr. Braxton, suited and booted, fresh out of work and doing mm. more work in the community as we talk about bowling for turkeys. But let's talk about Let's Go Detroit first. What's Let's Go Detroit? How did it come about? And uh, you all can kind of tag team this whole discussion and this answer too. But I want you to start it and then anybody else chime in. All right. So um, basically, we all were doing um, community outreach things ourselves and doing things to help people in the community. So it's been years in the making. And I'm going to bounce do a bounce pass to Chris real quick because he kind of spearheaded it with the name and everything mm-hmm. kind of had some ideas before. So I'll let him go ahead and pick it up from here. Yeah. So probably about a couple years ago, um, I started this nonprofit called prosper Detroit. Well, recently, uh, we kind of realized there was another, uh, organization out there prosper us Detroit. So mm-hmm. we thought we needed a, a, a name change. So yeah. I think VJ asked my son, Hey, whose name is Christopher, um, what should our nonprofit be? I think he said, uh, let's go Detroit. And uh, that's kind of how, how we came up with it. We thought it was a great thing, especially coming from, you know, a young man in the community who were trying to help as well. So that's kind of how we came up with the name. All right. So it's definitely touching all ages. It's right. a, the Conceptually, it's intergenerational. So Danielle, being the woman voice in full effect, how do you come into the fold? How do you keep them on target? How, what's your role <laughs> in this organization? Because a um, woman's touch is needed for anything she does to grow. I'm, I'm kind of the mother around here. I keep them in check. I keep them on point. Okay. Um, I've been working in nonprofits almost 10 years now. Um, Congratulations. Doing, thank you. Doing various uh, different positions with various populations over the years. So I come into play with uh, the experience of knowing how to run programs and dealing, working with clients, knowing exactly what um, the homeless population needs. Okay, so when you talk about the homeless population and its needs, what is it 
mean to be a part of an organization with so many young people as a lot of the nonprofits around this area and there's so many generally got their start like I say at the turn of the 60s after the rebellion or like the start of the 70s so to see so many young people I know for me being so connected to a lot of people in that world um, it's unique so what does it mean to you being a person that's like actually not just looking from the outside in but in the inside out what does it mean to be a part of something with so many young people it's amazing because um, generally when I walk into an organization, I'm the youngest person there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at me um, thinking I need so much training and I don't know what I'm doing and all this other stuff. So coming in and, and having a team of people that are young, fresh, new ideas is awesome. We can really make some things happen for the city, for the people in the city. Okay, most definitely. And then that kicks it across to someone that is a part of this team from a whole nother perspective. As we know, this is uh, 80% black city, a black imprint. Um, We have many divisions that exist racially and culturally, but you also are going across cultures right now as VJ is one of the primary team members of this organization. What led for you to be a part of something in the city of Detroit for a city with so many black people, so many different families that um, have a different cultural understanding, um, and then just that whole background, that perspective, the Detroit essence, what made you want to connect? I mean, the biggest thing first was, I know that, you know, I know Chris from work for, I don't know, eight years ago or so, Mm -hmm. and we have a lot of uh, similarities in what we thought, what was important to people. and I didn't grow up around here. I grew up in Chicago and Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the same issues existed there. And it was always, I wanted to create a nonprofit, be able to help the neighborhoods, uh, specifically the South Side, because we had a lot of friends growing up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then help the educational system, because I saw that there was a lot of people that didn't have the proper opportunities Mm-hmm. in the educational system. So to me, that was always important. I always thought I'd go back to Chicago to be doing that. But once I connected with Chris and then I met Lowe, I was like, we all had the same ideas. And I grew to love this area and it became more important for me to do it here. Uh, and I saw opportunity once I started connecting with, like you said, there's a, a younger generation here that wants to do it. We have a, a fifth member, uh, Elton, and he's roughly the same age as well. So. You know, we have a good group of folks that think the same way, want to accomplish the same thing, and want to put the work in. So, I mean, it's been real easy uh, just to work with these guys, connect with them, and try to make something happen. Okay, making something happen, but it's happening, and it's going to be fun as well. We're talking about bowling for turkeys. So exactly. We're talking about one of the Midwestern uh, games of pleasure. Uh, it's definitely something I don't necessarily get into often, <laughs> per se. But it's one of the best games where you can, you know, say a couple lines and, you know, throw people off their game. Smack, talk, and bowling go hand in hand. But this time you can smack, talk, and bowl and actually give to a good cause. So what type of reception has it gotten over the years? How did it start and how have people been receptive to it? Okay. Um, so the way that it started was, you know, I've always been kind of uh, funny acting when it comes to my birthday. Like, people say, what do you want? Um, Even my wife, I just was talking to her. She's like, what do you want to do? I said, come on, you know I don't want to do anything. So um, I came to the realization that instead of 
wanting to get something for myself. I wanted to give back. So that's where I was born. I was getting um, into bowling more and more. And I said, hey, I like to bowl. Hey, people like to come out for people's birthdays. Let me leverage this. Come out for my birthday to help feed people and help people in need for Thanksgiving. So um, two years ago, that's when Bowling for Turkeys was born. Um, now, it was another part to that. I was like, okay, well, after I raise the money, what am I going to do with the money? Am I going to buy the groceries myself? What am I going to do? So happened to be scrolling on Facebook one day, see um, a guy named Aim. His name Vince. He has Kill to Hate Clothing. He was promoting that they were going to do a grocery giveaway. I said, oh, this is perfect. Called him up. Told him the idea. He loved it. We connected. That's why I met with the other guy, Tay, from The Extraordinary Gentleman. And we put it together. Definitely, it was last minute. Great reception. Turned out uh, well. We did it again. We did a couple other bowling events, too. But we did another Bowling for Turkeys last year. It was a, a decent turnout. But we wanted to do it bigger and better. So we got the whole bowling alley this year. We stepped it up. We got DJ. DJ Platinum is there. We have... the. Josh Adams, the comedian I know you're familiar with. You worked with him before, so you can attest how funny he is. Josh is uh, <laughs> Josh is the home. Angelique just met him not too long ago as he was on another podcast connected to us. But, uh, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so, yeah, we're trying to uh, just blow it out the water and help as many people as possible. So um, this year we're helping our alternatives for girls um, and also the United Sisters of Charity. So, been a pretty good response so far. We're trying to, you know, pack the whole place out. Okay, so with this whole concept, you like bowling. What about the rest of the team? Who's the best bowler in here of you four? Uh, right <laughs> okay, VJ's right raising his hand. I know everybody can't see that because it's audio-based. So VJ's raising his oh, hand, and I don't see, see anybody. Uh, I'm going to bowl somewhere well, between well, 80 and 180. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen, he's, he's telling the truth, too. So I'm going to say. He's going to need the, what is that, the buffers? The, uh, the what, bumpers. What the kids oh, got? Yeah, the yeah. bumpers. I might hit 200 with bumpers. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say VJ can hold his own, but I'm going to say either between myself or Christian. Now, when we go and play with each other, he usually wins for some reason. But because I'm the better bowler, uh, negative. He likes to go to the bowling alleys that maybe aren't the best. Um, anyway, it's like he got dance spots on the floor. It's like the Boston yeah. Garden or something. Yeah, those, something. yeah. yeah he not, knows. It's not standard. Uh, no. Not standard issue. No. Uh, shoes but. and and bowling balls or something. The lane is messed up. We'll, we'll keep. We'll see. Come Sunday. Okay, so we're going to have a little bit of competition going on. Absolutely. That's good to know. That's good to know. Um, with this, this year you said these other organizations that you're going to give to. How, who made the selection of these organizations and why these organizations and how have they been a part of this and what was their response to everything? Okay, um, so I'll start with um, AFG Alternatives for Girls. Um, I picked that because... Uh, my cousin Rosalind, she had a birthday event, and she said no gifts. She only wanted people to donate to um, her favorite uh, nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And Alternatives for Girls was one of them. I actually did work for them before. I do custom T-shirts, so I worked with them, and I actually mentored a young man through one of their programs. So I was familiar. So um, she passed earlier this year, mm -hmm. so um, I wanted to do that, you know, in memory of her. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure we did that. And as far as for United Sisters of Charity. I'll pick up on that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I used to work at the Oasis through DRMM. And my director over there on Woodward, his name was Antoine. Antoine 
inherited United Sisters of Charity. It's a soup kitchen that his grandmother started back in 84. Um, Grandma passed away a few years ago, and um, he's been trying to keep it open. He lost funding over the years, and um, I just wanted to help him get it back up and running. We put on a few events over the last year that I've coordinated. Um, I volunteer there a couple times every now and then when we can. Um, And I put together a few events so that we could do like a back-to-school giveaway. We gave away food last Thanksgiving. Um, We did something this past spring as well. So um, he's a very good guy, really good, uh, really good guy, and I just wanted to help him out. Okay, so let's let's give that call to action right now. If somebody just wants to give to these organizations direct, what should they do? How should they connect? What What's that step they need to take? Uh, well, they can go to the bowlingforturkeys.org website. We have those um, two organizations listed on there, information for how you can help. Definitely suggest that you do so. You know, we need help all the way across the board, and those are two organizations that are helping. Um, now... To kind of segue a little bit into the United Sisters um, of Charity, we do have an event coming up on the 18th of November. Yep, November 18th, uh, 9 a.m. to noon, we're going to be giving out food packages. Um, I think he has a Forgotten Harvest truck coming that week, so we're going to have lots of food and to pass out. We're taking donations of clothes, shoes, um, toys, books, diapers, um, household items, anything that you could think of that you know, somebody might need. Okay. So when you talk about this, anything you could think of, what if I may not necessarily have some money and I don't know what goods I have, what if I got time to give? Well, you How do I donate some time? How do I volunteer? How do I be a part of some of these organizations? Well, um, United Sisters of Charity, I, I don't know if his website is back up and running yet, but mm-hmm. they can get in touch with us through Let's Go Detroit, send mm-hmm. us their information and let us know and uh, we can connect them with him. Okay. He can place them where he needs them. Okay, so volunteering, you got time, you got money, and you also have games that you can play. This seems like a very, uh, I would say, multi-layer and interactive piece for a lot of people to connect with when they think about doing things in the community that are positive things. So where's Let's Go Detroit? Where is it headed? Right now, I see what's happening. 2018, what's going to happen? And then 2018 and beyond, what's next? Let me get everybody's personal vision for what that is. Starting with Chris, let's bounce around. What's what's next for Let's Go Detroit? What's the vision for 2018 and then beyond 2018? Um, I would say um, growing, definitely. Um, right now we're helping out two organizations. Hopefully in the years to come, um, we can help, you know, five, ten organizations. I mean, we're a nonprofit ourselves. So we definitely need the help as well. But um, I, I think we can do a lot in the community. Um, I know me coming from Detroit, I'm born and raised. Like, I, I really have a tie to the community. So I want to see us, you know, helping people, whether it's tutoring kids after school, um, professional development, talking to kids about, you know, college education, um, financial aid, all that type of stuff. Like, I know we have a... Um, a lot of partnerships with a lot of schools right now where we're doing work. Uh, okay, some of those schools. What are some in. of those schools? Uh, right now, uh, George uh, William Crockett. Uh, mm-hmm. um, good relationship with them. I think we did the first day of school. Uh, we went out dressed up in suits and gave the kids high fives. Okay. Um, letting them know that, hey, we support you. Whatever you want to do, we're here for you. And we're going to try to do that a couple more times throughout the year. Okay. 
Okay, so it's gonna definitely be from your perspective, interacting with schools, interacting with young people, giving back to the idea of knowledge and the placement of knowledge and the value of that in this community, which is definitely needed as the school systems, public, charter, and private have definitely faced some challenges in and around Detroit. Absolutely, and just like BJ said, like that was one of the things he noticed that we were lacking, and DPS is definitely lacking. Uh, me coming from a product, I'm a product of the system, but you know, just because I made it out doesn't necessarily mean um, it was the best system. So um, me going through it, I realized, hey, there's some things we could do differently, um, and we can't just do it on the school's budget. It's going to have to come from the parents and you know the families that you know have an investment in the community, which is our kids. So. We have to do extra stuff. We can't just wait on the government to come save us. I think we know that already. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And, I mean, when you speak to the whole concept of, I think, you know, Crockett's a unique school just because it's named in honor of Judge George Crockett. And Judge George Crockett, who uh, was right now, I guess, in the shadows of the 50-year, I guess, recognition of what happened with the rebellion or riot, whatever you may call it, uprising uh, in 1967. You think of uh, the the man that um, was instrumental in making sure that all of the predominantly black people that were arrested, the hundreds of black people that were arrested, mm-hmm. were not sentenced and kept for undue and unjust and untried times, that's George Crockett. I mean, George Crockett is a is an anchor uh, of a name and an institution, especially when we think about some other people that name in schools after. It's um, <laughs> uh, good to to start there. Uh, Danielle, what what do you see happening with the organization moving forward, twenty eighteen and beyond? 2018, I just want to see us be able to help more organizations. Um, you know, mm-hmm. starting off small, like Christian said, we starting off at two. Maybe next year we can do five, maybe ten. Okay. Um, beyond. So, something I haven't talked to the guys about yet. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, mom. This is like so, news. This is news. I, I'm a certified doula. A doula is um, a birthing coach. Hmm. And Lauren can attest to my skills. Yeah, yeah she uh, actually helped out with the birth of uh, our daughter, uh, my wife Candace. So a little bit of backstory. I met my wife because of Danielle, who is my cousin, they're best friends. So that's how I met my wife and she came in through the clutch and definitely, even if she wasn't certified, I would say she was certified. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what I want to do is um, seek out some grant funding so that we can offer doula services to low and middle income women. Um, a doula is something I feel like is necessary. Um, it's a good support system for a woman while she's going through the birthing process. Although, you know, you may have your family, you may have your partners there. Everybody's not trained to be a birthing coach Mm -hmm. and everyone is not efficient. And I feel like that is something that we can, um, offer to the community that can make a difference in, um, birth outcomes, health, having healthy birth outcomes, um, happy moms lessen postpartum depression, having a support system in place. Yeah, I mean, that that's very important when we think about uh, one of the key stats that any sociologist will look at when they look at the viability of any community or any neighborhood is the infant mortality rate. And the tragedy of the 
um, infant mortality rate being so high in a region like Detroit, Michigan, in what's seen as a modernized society, modernized uh, city, um, to have more education and to have more information and more resources for those mothers uh, and families because we can't separate the mother from the family unit itself. I think that that is, you know, it's, it's an insurmountable value. So that would be something that I think would be supported from so many people because it's we got no choice now. <laughs> <laughs> it's needed. It's needed. Okay, VJ, how do you see what's happening with Let's Go Detroit 2018 over and beyond? Uh, I mean, like these guys started saying, you know, we got to find ways to grow. I think the biggest thing is we focus on having at least one event per month because it's not so much that, uh, I mean, we have to grow, but how do we grow? We have to get our name out there. How do we get our name out there? We have to provide something back to the community. So we have these events every month, whether uh Chris touched on what we do for George Crockett. We've also done uh, backpack donations for them. We've spoken with their principal about uh, taking part as a uh, in leadership roles as like a male positive male role model influence mm-hmm. for the children. Um, so these are things that we're focusing on to help the schools, help the kids. As far as what do we do beyond that, we have to become more political in the sense that we help influence the policies that govern. The, uh, the school districts, the neighborhoods, how can we actually create uh, an environment which fosters the type of growth and learning that we want? Well, we have to have something that amplifies what we're trying to do. And the best way to do that is to influence those policies. So, uh, I mean, one way or another, we need to start making steps towards that. Uh, so, I mean, but first things first, we want to make sure we have enough events where we're having enough of a uh, impact, reach out, getting our name out there, having people come to us to want to help as well. Yeah, lobbying for changing the institutions uh, on paper and making sure that it's oversight about those changes on paper being made uh, truly can be instrumental as uh, the, the metrics at which schools are evaluated, I believe, are flawed in many ways. Uh, we, we look at, um, I, I get into this discussion every month as I'm the president of the Northwestern High School, uh, Detroit Northwestern High School's Alumni Association. And every month we're, we're talking about this, we're talking about that. And it's like, well, the schools are evaluated by testing and by attendance. And, you know, as the school closes, you're going to let in a lot of the students that failed the test, which is going to bring down the test scores of the school that stayed open which is kind of like a weird, like, you know, hamster on a wheel. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely generalizing the, the metrics of what's happening, but the, the ways that schools are evaluated through testing and attendance, I don't think really take into account the, the value of the teachers, the value of the culture, the value of the social capital that exists inside of a school. So a lot of schools are already operating at a deficit, like limiting the opportunities for, you know, uh, music, art, dance, uh, different forms of sciences, because it's like, well, you know, the test scores are at this point where basically you can get remedial math and remedial English, and that's about it. You know, so it, it limits 
that and now like the kid disconnects even more because it's like well I, I don't know necessarily if the only reason I'm coming to school is to learn polynomials and mononomials you know? <laughs> but, but if I could learn polynomials and mononomials through seeing the science of that in music then maybe I would have more interest um, so changing the policies of how school delivers its services I believe with the right oversight uh, not only is it something that will need to change to change the institution but it's something that sh many people need to be active of and I, I definitely would support that as well um you know and that needs to the low killing us What's out up? for 2018 what do you see happening with the organization 2018 and beyond okay for me myself i think growth um is the first thing that comes to mind um growing as a nonprofit, um growing to you know, basically cement our identity and our impression on what we're trying to do. We want to uh, build more relationships with people that are like-minded, that are helping out um, people in need. You know, I think that's a very big part. You know, obviously we want to get our name out there, but we want to meet people that are doing the same things, and we want to work together. So if you're out there listening, hey, let's work. Let's, let's put in some work. Let's help some people. You know, um, obviously, you know, sponsorship is a big part. We have, you know, great response for sponsorship for Bowling for Turkeys. We want to keep that going. You know, there's a couple that come to mind. We got Seeing Development, Brian Borowski, CPA, PC. You know, um, the list goes on and on. We have a ton of uh, sponsors, and we want to keep that momentum going because, like you said, it's a lot of different ways that you can help out. Um, some people can help out with money. That's awesome. Some people time. Some people donations. And we want to grow, so we are, you know, that source that people look to and say, hey, what can we do to help? So I want to grow in all those different areas so we can make sure that, you know, it's almost like a household name of helping people around the city of Detroit. Okay. All right. So now that that's done and we see where things are going, we got to get into the bare bones, the logistics of it all. Okay. Where, when, how much does it cost, and where do I go? to be a part of this. So where is this all taking place, Bowling for Turkeys? Plum Hollow Lane, Southfield, Michigan. That's on Nine Mile and Lasser, or oh. Lasher, depending on <laughs> how okay. you say it. Don't right. want you to get How much up. does it cost? All right. Tickets are $20 for adults, $10 for children 12 and under. That includes three hours of bowling plus your shoes. You know, so a great deal, great deal. We're going to have sounds, like I said, DJ Platinum, hosted by Josh Adams, so funny times. Um, so it's going to be a great event. Okay, date and time. Yep. So it's going to be this Sunday, November 5th. Sunday, November 5th, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. So make sure you get there early. You got um, registration. We're actually going to have um, some raffles as well. We're going to be raffling off a few things. Um, top prize is going to be your choice of tickets to the Pistons, Lions, or Red Wings. Okay. Next, we're also going to raffle off some tickets for the Going Up Comedy uh, Show. That's every Tuesday at Marble Bar. So uh, my man Dez, he hooked it up, got us with Josh because he's a host of that every Tuesday. And then we're going to also be raffling off Kill to Hate uh, Apparel. So we're going to give that away too. So make sure you come early, get your tickets in because we're going to uh, use the tickets that you purchase. You can also go to www.bowlingforturkeys.org to purchase your ticket on there. Mm -hmm. Very easy to do. You just go to tickets and donations, buy your tickets, make a donation, you know, and then we'll see you there. And I all just, right. and so I just, oh, I want you all to uh, kind of wrap up 
and give contact information, Facebook, uh, shout out, all that information. I know Chris is saying something too, so we're going to start off with you. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say because he said the price of the tickets was 20 bucks, and I bowl. There's nowhere you can go and bowl for three hours and only spend 20 bucks. Not only do you get that kind of experience, but you also, I mean, part of that money is going to to these great charities. So I, I really want people to think about that. Like, we, we really did a good job trying to make it affordable and also give back to our community. So Yeah, shout out to Plum say. Hollow Lanes, too, for, yep. uh, you know, helping us out with that, too. So big time. This is the third year we're doing it there. So we definitely appreciate them. Okay. All right. So I want everybody to give their contact information. People want to connect with you. People want to follow up. People want to, you know, give some money, give some support, find out more, have questions for you. How do they get in contact with you? Well, I, um, I'm running the Instagram page, so you can follow us on Instagram at Let's Go Detroit 2017. And on Facebook, Let's Go Detroit. And you can go to letsgodetroit.org. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.